0: Jesus tells the disciples, you're all going to be offended because of me and deny me. Here comes Simon Peter. And he said, not me. Jesus said, you will deny me three times, Peter, right before a rooster crows twice.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. Author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God.
0: If you want to know what's happening in Bible prophecy, always keep your eye on Israel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're starting a brand new series I'm calling Israel, God's Time Peace. The land of Israel is about the size of New Jersey, but the Bible says it will be the epicenter of world attention as the time of the end draws near. In fact, the prophet Zechariah predicts that Israel will be a very heavy stone for all peoples and that all nations will one day be gathered against it. Are we there? Well, grab your Bible and let's go right to our message on Israel today, starting with Jesus, the indisputable prophet. How many of you have felt like when you watch the news, you're reading parts of the Bible and when you read parts of the Bible, you're reading the news? Now, since we're going to be looking at Bible prophecy concerning Israel and current events, I want to begin at the beginning with the Lord Jesus, who was the ultimate prophet. Now, here's the way I see Jesus. Most of the time when you say Jesus, somebody will think, Savior? All right, he hung on a cross, he's my Savior. But as I have grown in the Lord and continue to study the Word and been around for quite some time now, I've really expanded the way I see Jesus. I believe Jesus, not just Savior, not just the predicted Messiah, but the greatest philosopher teacher that ever lived, I mean, if you want to know how to live life, read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Sermon on the Mount. In those three chapters, Jesus puts to shame all the philosophers of the world. So, greatest philosopher teacher. And the greatest prophet. Now, they all prophesied inerrant scripture. That is, prophecies that came to pass, or will come to pass, with 100% accuracy. But the places Jesus went... In the realm of prophecy, I don't see any of the other prophets doing in the Bible. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. So he's Messiah, he's Savior, great teacher, greatest philosopher, but the great prophet, Jesus. So I called him the ultimate prophet, the indisputable prophet. Now Jesus prophesied about future events, both near to his time and far down the road, reaching all the way down to us today. Very powerful prophecy to foretell the future before it ever comes and not miss one detail. Nobody can do that, folks, but God or somebody who is being moved on by God. Only God knows the end from the beginning, all right? So that when we arrive somewhere, God knew the end before the beginning began. And only God can do that. Now, we find in the Bible... That Jesus uttered some of the most remarkable prophecies concerning Jerusalem, the future of Israel, and the world at large of anyone in the Bible. And do you know that your Bible is about a quarter prophecy? So before anything else, I want to establish Jesus' credentials tonight as a bona fide prophet by looking at some examples. And some of these you're not going to have thought about. I didn't think about it in terms of prophecy until I started getting ready for this a few days ago. Now, we find in many of the gospel accounts of his ministry that Jesus predicted future events on a regular basis. Just read the red in your Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the red, and look at how often Jesus predicted future events. In Mark's Gospel, the fast Gospel that reads like a newspaper, Jesus predicted things that would occur in the short term, even on the very day that he spoke them. Now, you may say, well, that's not hard. You try predicting events not missing a detail at nine o'clock in the morning that are going to happen at nine o'clock that night. Try it. In Mark 11, let me give you some examples. We are told now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. He said to them, go to the village opposite you. And as soon as you have entered it, now look at how he starts prophesying. You will find a cult tied on which no one has sat. How do you know that? Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? And that's exactly what the owner said. You say the Lord needs it. The Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. Now he prophesied there because how many of you know an owner could have said, you're not taking this donkey. Get out of here. I'm getting my gun. But Jesus knew that the owner would turn loose of it. He predicted it. It's a prophecy. And so they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing loosing the colt, just like Jesus said? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. Now here we see that Jesus knew that a colt would be found in the neighboring town. He foresaw his condition tied up. He also knew that the owner would protest, and exactly how the protest would be worded. It all happened just exactly as he had predicted To the detail. Now another example, Mark 14. And he sent out two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. How do you know that? Really, it's almost kind of spooky if it wasn't the Lord. Go into a city and you're going to run into somebody carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him wherever he goes in. Say to the master of the house, The teacher says, where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room. Notice how Jesus is prophesying. He's going to show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There, make ready for us. So the disciples went out, came into the city, and found it, what? Say it with me. Just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. Now look at this. Jesus had peered into the short-term future. And he prophesied several things. First, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Notice how Jesus was at the end before the beginning began. So when you go into your tomorrow, he's already there. Second, as you follow him, he will enter a house. And you're to go in after him. Well, hey, that's B and E in our day, breaking and entering. But Jesus said, you go with him. Because I've told you exactly what you're going to encounter. Third, you will encounter the master of the house. How do you know the master was going to be home? Ask him in my name where the room is where I can eat the Passover with my disciples. Fourth, he would show them a room. Not just a room, he said it's going to be a large room, second story, and it's going to be fully furnished and prepared. So I want us to get a grasp here on a real basic scale. All right. That Jesus prophesied all the time and he never missed. Jesus went ahead of them. He was already there. Now here's the thing about God. God doesn't abide in time like we do. God abides in an eternal present. So in the future, he's already there in the present. He's already here. And in the past, he's there. He is not subject to time. He doesn't age, he can't. He created time and he created things to abide in time that wear down with time, but not God. So God's already in your next year, knowing how you're going to arrive, what you're going to arrive to. That's why the Psalmist was able to say, He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He goes ahead of me and prepares for my arrival. And he knows how I'm going to arrive and what I'm going to need. So that if you really get a grip on this, it does a number on anxiety and worry. Some of you are looking for a job. God's already there. He already knows where you're going to land. In the meantime, he's taking care of you. But notice this, it's amazing. His disciples went out and found exactly as he had said to them. Not one detail was off. Jesus had predicted in the morning time events that would unfold later that day. In one day, this happened. He saw it all as if he had watched a movie of it. And this is also exactly what happened when Jesus told Simon Peter that he would deny him three times. This really hit me today in a way that I've never thought about. Jesus tells the disciples, you're all going to be offended because of me and deny me. Here comes Simon Peter, who always spoke before he thought. And he said, not me. The rest of these sissies might, but not me. I'm the one that got out of the boat and walked on the water. Yeah, I sank, but I walked for a while. I'm your man, Lord. I'm the one who said you're the Christ, so I'm not going to do it. Jesus said, prophesying. You will deny me three times, Peter, but I'm already there. And let me tell you what it's going to look like. You're going to deny me three times right before a rooster crows twice. Now, Jesus knew that individuals were going to confront him three times. Jesus knew that he was going to deny him vehemently three times. And Jesus was already in the future before it happened and said, there's going to be a rooster. The Bible says in Mark the first denial that peter made the rooster crowed once the second denial no rooster crow the third denial er, er, er. and peter remembered it and it says he went out and wept bitterly because the lord had prophesied his fall the good thing is he also prophesied his restoration But you see with me on how Jesus was a prophet without fail who never missed a detail. And what I want you to see here is if he did it with this accuracy in a 24-hour time span, then we can assume when he prophesies further down the road, he's going to be 100% accurate. Now, when we come to chapter 13 of Mark, we find Jesus answering two questions from his disciples. Now, this same drama happens in Matthew 24 and in Luke 21. Luke 21. Let me go into this because what happens with what we're about to read led into one of the greatest prophecies ever uttered in the history of mankind, and it came out of the mouth of Jesus about events both near and far. Now, let's look. In Mark and Luke, the same two questions are answered, but in Matthew's account, a third one is asked, and I'm going to read you that in just a moment. Let's look at Mark's account. Mark 13:1 through 2, then as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, teacher see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And it was magnificent. It was magnificent. And they were bragging on it. It was one of the wonders of the world, Herod's temple. Some said it was greater than Solomon's temple. So here they are, they're bragging on the temple. Wow, isn't this incredible Lord? Isn't this amazing? Have you ever seen an edifice like this? And they're all taken by it, but not Jesus. He wasn't taken by it at all because he knew that within it, God didn't have his way. God's will wasn't done. There was no God. It was just a temple. So Jesus answered and said to him, do you see these great buildings? Now, what did he say, church? Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, when Jesus said that, he prophesied. When he prophesied, do you think he was going to be as accurate as he was with the three examples I gave you? Oh, yeah. He was just as accurate. Now, watch this. This statement from Jesus about the future destruction of the temple stunned the disciples. I tried to think of something, um, some parallel um, example I could give you. And this kind of works, but it'd be like somebody predicting the imminent, utter destruction of Cowboy Stadium seats 100,000 people. It's supposed to be the greatest sports stadium in the country. It's almost as if I said, do you see this great stadium? I tell you this will not exist in one year it will be nothing but dust it will be gone you would say no way well the temple when jesus talked about its imminent destruction it caused within them 10 times that reaction because their affections were there that's where their religion and where their god was based it was their church the disciples got with Jesus privately and they couldn't wait. And they asked three questions, two recorded by Mark and Luke and a third one recorded by Matthew. We're going to add Matthew's question in the following quotes. So here they are. First, they asked, tell us, when will these things be? Second question, and what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled? That's Mark thirteen four. Then in Matthew, here comes the third question. What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now pay real close attention, church, because this is where people really get messed up and mixed up and miss what Jesus said. The first two questions, and I'm going to go over this over and over to be sure we get it. The first two questions had to do with what Jesus had just said about the temple. The third question, they decided, well, as long as we're asking, we might as well go down to the end of time. And they asked him the third question, what is going to be the sign of your reappearing and the end of the age? Now, it's very important to pay careful attention to the wording here when the disciples asked, when will these things be? They were talking about the destruction of the temple that he had just talked about. Jesus had said the temple was going to be destroyed. They asked, when will these things happen? And Mark and Luke both record only the two questions having to do with that particular event. Matthew includes the third question that reaches all the way to the end of the age, to the return of Christ to the world, to the end of time as we know it. What will be the sign of your coming? And of the end of the age, the end of time, the end of all things, when is it all going to wrap up, Lord? So when Jesus first begins his answer... What do you think he's going to address? He addressed the first two questions. He says, and they were, when will these things be the destruction of the temple? And what will be the sign when all these things, the destruction of the temple, be fulfilled? Now, much of what Jesus answered the disciples concerning what was soon to come upon their generation has been interpreted by many to be aimed at us today, but they weren't. They were aimed at them. We have to keep in mind that here stands Jesus, 2,100 years ago. He's standing in Jerusalem in front of the temple, talking to Jewish men who lived in Israel, predicting events that were going to come upon their generation. They want to know, hey, this is going to impact me. If you're telling me the temple is going to be destroyed, now you're messing with my stuff. So I want to know. When is this going to happen, Lord? Are we going to be alive to see this? How soon is this? It was an answer to questions they had asked about one of his predictions, the prediction of the destruction of the temple. Now, Matthew's third question lets us know that part of what Jesus said in response did indeed have to do with the end of time, with the last of the last days, but not all of what he said. So what did Jesus say would happen to their generation? And was he accurate? He begins by warning them about the various calamities that would come their way. And you're going to recognize this. But now, let me clarify, church, why I'm starting here. Because I want us to get a foundation on Jesus as a prophet and how many of the prophecies we thought had to do with us really had to do with them. But there's plenty that have to do with us. But we need to learn to distinguish between the two and rightly divide this word. Okay? Here we go. Jesus said... First, that there would be deceivers. He said the first thing out of his mouth, and he said it three or four times in his discourse, be not deceived. He said your greatest danger is deception. Your greatest danger is being deceived. Now, he was speaking that to them in lieu of the time period between his prediction and the destruction of the temple. You with me? They said, when will these things be? And he begins. He begins telling them things that are going to happen. Signs that they will see coming to pass before the destruction of the temple. What are going to be the signs, Lord, that we can look for that this is about to occur? The destruction of the temple. Now, how long was it between when he answered these questions and the destruction of the temple happened? It was 40 years. 70 A.D. One of the most important dates in all of history, when Jerusalem would be completely destroyed, surrounded by armies, starved out, attacked, 600,000 Jews within that city were slaughtered. The city was leveled. The temple was totally destroyed and not one stone was left on another. Forty years from the time Jesus spoke this. Now, they didn't know that at the time. They didn't know for sure when it was going to happen. And I think that helps us here tonight because Jesus told us, concerning my return, you don't know when I'm going to come back. But here are the signs you can look for. Let's put ourselves in their shoes. Jesus had said, this temple is coming down and this city, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times I would have gathered you like a hand gathers her chicks. But you didn't receive me. John said he came to his own, the Jew, and his own, the Jewish people, did not receive him. He wept over Jerusalem. He knew what was coming to Jerusalem in four decades. It was imminent. But they didn't know it. He just said, I can't tell you the exact date, 70 AD. They didn't know that. But he did give them signs. So that when the city was destroyed, one thing he had told them that I don't go over here, but I know it, I can tell it to you. He said, woe to those who are with child in those days. Woe to those who are great with child who are pregnant in those days. Now, he was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. He said, when you see the signs I'm telling you about, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, when you see it turned out to be the Roman legions laying siege to this city, I'm going to give you a window to get out of here. Flee to the mountains of Judea. Now we know from history that when the Romans surrounded Jerusalem, something happened back in Rome and the leader, Titus, was called back and there was a little break in their siege of the city. And when that break happened and the pressure led up, the Jewish Christians that knew what Jesus had said, when you see these things coming to pass, flee this place. They fled in mass into the hills of Judea, those who were believers and knew the warning of Jesus, while 600,000 of them were trapped, and they all died a terrible death. See, Jesus gave his own an escape. Oh, it pays to obey God, folks. When he gives you an escape, you take it. And so they fled. Remember, he said, pray that your flight isn't on the Sabbath, because they were laden down burdened down with mosaic ritual and laws and they would not have run they would not have exerted themselves on the sabbath so he said pray that your flight doesn't happen on the sabbath pray that you're not pregnant with a child and so he gave them a gracious merciful open window to run before the romans really moved in and took the city which took seven years about you but i'm stirred in my heart by today's message what a mighty savior we serve now don't go anywhere because our announcer has some important things to share with you and be sure to join me next time for part two of the message jesus the indisputable prophet now here's our announcer
1: you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross you will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111, or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again, or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. Jesus, the indisputable
0: prophet, is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Israel, God's Time Peace. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Israel, God's Timepiece, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information.
1: been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station.